Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dan uh, Malecki, and uh, welcome, welcome to the Friday uh, Focus on uh, Milton Harness Racing. We're uh, racing uh, with an 11 event program uh, tomorrow night, and pretty good fields as well. Uh, good opportunity for a lot of the country horses to come to town with the Country Clubs Championship, a $30,000 race. I think it's got a really good field, a lot of up-and-coming horses uh, engaged in that, uh, as per usual. And also the EK Bray Country Clubs Pace Final on the program towards the back end of the night. Um, I think the High Gain Melton Trotters free-for-all is a ripper. There's only a smallish field for the Trotters, but when you've got Queen Elida there and adding in an ultimate stride and credit master, you've got some pretty good horses involved. And uh, no doubt the inaugural running of the Tiger Tara uh, free-for-all sponsored by Better Vet. Uh, it looks a challenging race to try and find the winner of, but it's a really good field, bringing together a Code Bailey, who I thought was fantastic, second up from a long injury-enforced uh, break. And then Shyella, this mare that's just taking all before her. And there's one who lasts three in a row, but she's got to take on the big boys. Uh, Max Delight first up, uh, former uh, Victoria Cup winner, and and Cranbourne, of course, a horse who's had uh, a lot of uh, raps placed on him, but he gets a great opportunity to get back into the winner's list, and Seb's choice resuming. So it's a terrific race, and definitely one of the highlights on the big card at Melton. We've got 11 events on the program. The first event kicks off at uh, 5.29, and there are some challenging races there, so I'm looking forward to hearing Jason Bonington's thoughts, because... It's the sort of night, you might only get one winner for the night, but it could be a 10 or 12 to one shot and it'll be enough uh, to, to make a profit. Some very tough races indeed. Now, Jason Bonington will be joining us shortly. I think he was having some problems just connecting with uh, his, uh, his equipment and uh, we'll, get, uh, we'll get Jason up shortly. A um, couple of late scratchings, or scratchings that are through at this early stage. Uh, go to race number six, take out seven, Bonnie Bell. And then in race number 10, scratch number four, better star. So there are two horses that uh, have been withdrawn uh, from the fields. Good size fields too throughout the majority of the night. One of the smaller ones is actually in the first race. And this is the Charlie Bazina Memorial 2023 trot. Um, and it's a good race. It's a very open race. It's very difficult to um, exclude a horse from being a chance here. Uh, yet it's very easy to make a case for every other runner in the race. Uh, such is the openness of this event. Looking at the early tab fixed odds, Sir Patrick is the $3 favourite, and rightly so, but I doubt he'd get shorter than that. There's uh, plenty of others. Ebony's Avenger went up overs. I'm looking at the tab market, $12, which seemed a bit of a gift, and it was quickly slashed uh, into $5.50, which to my eyes, much uh, more appropriate and realistic price. Kirk Killane looks a bit of value. He trialled really well in the lead-up to his first up run, but he had an awkward inside draw. And look, in part, it was like another trial for him, but he gets a good gait. And the trial watchers um, were giving him a big push leading up to last week. So with a front-row draw, Kirk Killane can turn things around pretty quickly. Medina Sky's a quick beginner at a three. Bogart Son's going really well. Um, he's at $15 at the moment, which seems overs. My tip on the race is don't touch the Duco from a stable who, that's been in terrific form, that of Chris Lang. Already $8 into $6, don't touch the Duco. Uh, better horse when he's able to lead and be on the pegs. He's got really good gate speed. But he's been going well chasing from the back of the field as well. If he's able to cross... He's probably better than a $6 shot. I really like the way he is going at the moment. Sir Patrick's in terrific form. Uh, not difficult to understand why this horse is the uh, fixed odds favourite at this early stage. Tipsy Turvy might have to do it tough at $8. Uh, continues to race well. Just gets a bit of cover uh, and, uh, and her chances increase. And, and Rikiro Blaze is not the easiest horse to follow, but clearly has got a lot of ability and will be challenging for uh, favouritism. Uh, already at $3.50. So not much between Sir Patrick and Rikiro Blaze at this early stage of the, the betting for the first of 11 events on the program. Now, my tips in the first, uh, when we've got Jason online, he might have to do a bit of a uh, catch-up, but I, I like the five, don't touch the Duco. As I said, the stable's going really well, and uh, I think a whole team of horses would have a bit of confidence about them. Don't touch the Duco's racing well. 
And uh, I think he's a good each-way chance in the first about $6. As I welcome in Jason Bonington. Good morning, Jace. Good morning, Dan. Yeah, I've, well, I've, I've never been known as somebody brilliant with technology. Not, I'm not sure it's 100% my fault on this occasion, but I can tell you one thing. I don't think I'll be trying it again. Yeah. No, I'm not coming into the studio. I thought I might uh, do it from home because I'm coming in and, uh, and doing a shift tonight. But uh, interesting to hear your early thoughts on that first event of the program. It is a... Well, it's a challenging card. I heard you mention that you might only get one winner, but it might it might look after the entire night. So what do you need? 11 races. You need one 11 dollar winner, don't you? Yeah. To, uh, yeah. to beat and the I've ledger, picked... and you said maybe a 12 dollar winner. Yeah, maybe, and maybe a couple each ways. But in the first, don't touch the Duke I made a case for. Kirk Lane, I think, is over the odds, Jace. $12 at the moment. One, Ebony's Avengers, six, Sir Patrick. Um, five, two, one, and six. Um, I'm happy to have something each way on my top pick, but really, uh, it's a race where I feel a bit guilty not including the others in the top four because I think they've all got chances. I've gone one, uh, six, seven, and two, but I do agree with you in terms of uh, Callan, Kukulain, Kukulain. I'm going to go with as being overs. I think people see only one run back and finish six, but got dragged right out of it, didn't it? Um, we mm. know that probably on overall ability. Is he the most talented horse in the race? I think I think there's a, an argument to be made that he is. Yeah. And so you're getting double the quote that I uh, I made for him. I think Ebony's adventure is just beautifully drawn. Um, again, the figure form line probably isn't fair to the way that she's going. Sir Patrick's just a big beast. Tipsy Turvey's flying, but the draw makes life hard. There's not many you'd leave out. I do think, I might have got this completely wrong, but I thought that Rikiro Blaze, just given... Given how unreliable that horse is, I think three dollars fifty is um, well under the odds, though, Dan. Look, I, I didn't put Ricky Rowe Blaze in my top four. I, yeah. I must admit, when the prices come up, uh, I'm looking at the tab prices. They're often the first set of prices that come up, and at three fifty, I thought, well, I wouldn't want to touch that. It actually, opened three ten. I thought it was far too short. The, the reliability factor, particularly when these horses, we see them often at uh, at Melton. Um, I would have thought Rikiro Blaze gets out. It's not to say he can't win, but I, I did think he was giant unders when I first looked. Yeah, the second race, before we go to a, a break, I know we had a break right off the top because of the technical difficulties, but um, we'll get through this one because it's an absolute cracker. It's one of my favourite races every year. The Country Club's Championship Final. I think I've probably narrowed it down to maybe three or four key chances. I am with Hot Deal on top. $1.90 is very short. It was absolutely sensational last start in the heat of the series. There's no doubt about it and dominated them and really outclassed them on every level after moving up to the breeze, taking over and just drawing away. Having said that, you've got to do it again and you've got to do it in the final and it's never as easy to do in the final as it is in the heat. I marked it $2, so I'm not saying $1.90 is massive unders, Dan, but um, I don't know that I'd be diving in to try and have a bet there. Got a smudge. I think he's over the odds at nine dollars. I marked at four fifty. Horse is flying, desperate to break through. Um, probably the performance two starts back was even bigger than in the heat of this series. And then I thought Sly Terror had to be put in despite a shock defeat at qualification level for this series. But I think if I was gonna have a bet, it'd be each way on got a smudge, even though I've got hot deal on top. Are we are we on the same page? It's not gonna be that easy to be on the same page with this program. No, no, absolutely. But but I've got it. The, the, the similar numbers, 12 hot deal on top. I, I think he's the hardest to beat, yet I think he's priced at the moment $1.90 is almost in that no-go territory. He's not the sort of horse that I'd want to link up at that price in all ups, but I, I think he's a really good horse and he deserves to be favoured. So he might well get out. Uh, on the contrary, got a smudge at $9 looks value and it's my second pick. Uh, and then there was plenty of others. Ooh, our list are from its good gate. It's with experience, it's getting better. Uh, slight terror, um, it, it consistent, off the bit a long way out at, at Shep last start, but still performed well. Took until the last couple of metres for it to be passed. So um, they were my top four, 12, 10, 1 and 5. But the emergency Lottie Moon, if she gets a run, uh, she's actually a little bit shorter than I thought. I thought she could be way over the odds. So it's pointless backing her at $15 as an emergency because I reckon you'll get longer if, if something else is scratched in the race. But I'd be including her too if somehow she's able to get a run. Well, how freakish is this? I, th- I thought we wouldn't have the same top four at any race on this 11 race card. And I've gone 12, 10, 5 and 1. So almost exactly the same... As you, I did get a win out of Uwa Lister at heat level of this series, so got a bit of a soft spot, $19. 
one by three, maybe, but as mentioned, I think got us much as the best value. Dan Maliki agrees. Time for another break. We'll come back. But I want to talk a little bit about, well, a couple of things. My breeze during the week, breezing with Bond, where I touched on the subject, very close to Dan Maliki's heart. And also the evolving nature of these six furlong races. We've got two of them at Melton tomorrow night. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Here with Dan Malecki and Jason Bonington. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. We're about to get stuck in a race. Three is for the three-year-olds. But before we get stuck into that, just quickly, I, I don't know whether you were uh, you were tuning in, Dan, but just talking about Lottie Moon, at least Lottie Moon draws wide as an emergency in that country yep. club championship final. But isn't it amazing? Uh, I went off on a bit of a rant, as I do. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've had two pole-marking emergencies win. Now, would we ever have found Modern Bliss? Probably not. Would we have found Compete? I think we might have. Yeah, I oh, look, no doubt. Well, I think, uh, trying to think, we didn't do the preview last week, but one of my other um, um, previews that I did, I'd made mention that, A, the horse is a chance, but it just stifles the market, doesn't it? Um, yeah. uh, why would you want to have a bet in that race? And, um, you know, look, sometimes I, I can't help but feel that people making decisions on those sorts of things aren't necessarily punters and, and don't actually understand as much as what they perhaps should. And it's off-putting with an emergency, particularly that's in the market, because why would you have a bet when the deductions are going to come out anyway? Um, And uh, you can't do a speed map. Uh, It's misleading, and that's what you don't want to have. Um, I don't don't like it. I've made mention of it many times, and um, I know plenty of other people agree. It's just easier to see. I mean, it's no different to a horse being out of the draw, is it? So have them drawn outside the front line. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, I don't think anyone else would. If you're the first emergency, it means you're the first uh, next best horse outside the top 10 or 11 to get into the field. You'll take any barrier draw you can. So it, it doesn't help. I often just don't get involved in those sorts of races because it doesn't matter what price they are, but it sort of ruins the way you prepare for the race and it, it it's confusing. Well, I spoke... I don't know if we even need emergencies, but I spoke about the fact that harness racing, there's no doubt in the world, one of the greatest challenges that we have as a sport and as an industry is that of the three codes, it's the hardest to do form on harness racing and the most challenging and the most rewarding, in my opinion. But when you have to do one map, and because everything is so dependent on, on, on you know, positional advantage, that if you do one map and it takes you half an hour... And then you have to go and do another map on the morning that takes another half an hour and you think to yourself, well, I could spend five minutes looking at a greyhound race, I have a bit on the footy. That's where, that's where I get concerned as well. The people just say this is this all gets a little bit too hard. That's the first of the uh, burning subjects I want to bring up. In a little bit we'll talk about the 1,200 metre races as well because they are evolving. But this three-year-old affair, I think if you reverse the draw, I might reverse my tips, but the market looks pretty similar to mine here. Our vintage draw is inside Roadmaster, fifth in the gold chalice final last time out. Should be the winner. Is he the most reliable horse in the world at $1.65? I don't know. I don't know if I want to launch into $1.65, but I've got him on top. The one that I'm interested in here at Big Odds, I'm not saying he can win, but the SP profile, again, in much easier races, uh, for Cliffhanger, who was really good on debut and then uh, fought like a cage line to win last time, and it started at $1.90 and $1.60. If I was trying to find one to... Run third here in my trifectas, it would be the one that I'd be throwing in, Dan. What are your thoughts? Similarly, but I've, I've tipped Roadmaster on top, a slightly better odds, and he was impressive first time coming to town, and he was able to beat uh, Captain Hammerhead. Our Vinny had been just beaten by Captain Hammerhead prior. Naturally, his runs at Bathurst were very good against quality opposition. I just like what I saw with Roadmaster. Um, I thought that'd be slightly closer in the market. Uh, six from five, our Vinny. Like you pointed out, Cliffhanger, I like where he's going. And also to get uh, a decent uh, gate, his first run at Ballarat, he probably should have won that race, but he was not pacing correctly early on. He dashed around the outside with a long, sustained run and probably peaked just metres out from the line. So he backed it up at stall, good, tough performance. So, look, he might be the one over the odds, Cliffhanger, and then cheers to Lou from the good gate. So six, five, two and one. I've gone five, six, two, and one. 
this is getting frightening. Uh, <laughs> final leg of the early quarter, the big screen company based the first of our six furlong races. Yeah, before we get into the tips, I've already written an article for the Herald some tomorrow about this. How these races, as they're being more heavily programmed, are evolving because back in the day, uh, the once annual stampede, the horses who nominated for these races were pure speed horses who just flew. Uh, flew early and maybe got a stitch, didn't have the stamina. You look at this race, and there's one right at the end of the program, but you look at this race here, and it is virtually outside of a ghost of time, and we believe Wine Gum's got some early speed. Maybe Harania has, but not brilliant out. This is a 1,200-metre race with a field of six sprinters there. Yeah, uh, it's challenging. Uh, they both are. Uh, tomorrow night's 1,200-metre uh, races, they're very hard races. So... In a way, that's good. Uh, I'm, I'm not excluding any horse, and the market suggests that too. I think the outside is listed at $16 at the moment, so we're not the only ones that have got a bit of headache trying to sort it out. But that's not a bad thing. Um, look, I don't mind the 1,200-metre races. I, I you know, quite enjoy them. We, we've seen a couple of really good ones lately, but um, this is just a hard race. So um, to, to work it out uh, is difficult. Um, I, I keep in mind too, race three that we've just gone past, there's another seeded pool for the big, big six. It's 20,000, uh, that they've seeded. So it should get around the $60,000 mark, I suspect. But anyway, that's worth playing in. You can get a good result and it might be the sort of night you get a real good result. This being the second leg, I wasn't quite sure which way to go here. Um, when I first, I've actually, I'd never do this, but I've actually put a question mark down to where I put my tips and then then it looks like that I've written some Da Vinci code and scratched it out a couple of times. It's just a, a race where I, I could be missing the obvious. I'm not sure. I find it challenging. I, I put We Better Believe on top. Um, three, seven, Harania, two, Wine Gum, and, and nine, Lip Reader as well. I think he's going all right, Lip Reader, and this is a good race for him, but um, I couldn't confidently rule any horse out of this race. Even Ultimate Force, I thought, was pretty good first up. And Ghost of Time's got the right draw to be competitive. It, it's tough. This is the race I thought Jason will know. Well, I wish I did. Uh, I certainly should have taken the $10 about Ghost of Time, as mentioned. It's the only obvious uh, gate speed horse here. Will Wine Gum try and cross, or is it just easier to drop in behind? I think Wine Gum might just drop in behind. In New Zealand, it was very much, if it did spear off the gate... It was a lead in trail oil. So the problem is, is there any pressure at all? I, I don't know why. I, I, I'm just, I'm still sick for Harania, and I think 750 now has got to be ridiculous for a horse of its ability. So um, the, the best way to have played would be to have had a bet on Ghost of Time at $10 each way, and then Harania now. I've gone with Harania on top at a much, much, much shorter quote than $7.50. I just think if they use a little bit of early speed here. There's not a lot of pressure, and maybe it can drill Ghost of Time and just outclass it. Um, I think it's the one to beat, but I, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of pressure, and for that reason, the major dangers have to be two and one for me, Wine Gum and Ghost of Time. And I've thrown in We Better Believe in for... for we Better Believe? We Better Believe It? It's a little bit confusing there. Julie B. Selwood's got a hope. Um, Lip Reader is a 111 rater going into this race, and the old school of thought used to be that um, you know, the very best horse would win the 1,200 metre races, so it's not out of it either. Very, very tough race. I've settled on the numbers 7, 2, 1 and 3, and I reckon that hard-out music is going to be firing up pretty soon, so we'll go and find out what's happening in the world, what's happening in the news, and when we come back, we've still got many races left to go. Starting with the first leg of the quarter, the better bet, Tiger Tara, free-for-all. This is another very tough race. It's a battle between the map, the class and hard fitness. We talk about this regularly, Dan. Um, the difference between class returning from a break and hard fitness. And more and more often in harness racing, hard fitness gets the job done, and that's the way I will be leaning. But for now, let's head off to, uh, let's head off to the news, get a little bit of an insight about what's going on around us. And when we return, we'll talk about that bit about Tiger Tara Free for all, named after a horse who went on an absolute killing spree at Melton Park just a few years ago. Back in a moment. Live on SEN Track, welcome to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. That's us. We were together last week, but we're joining forces again. Dan Malecki and Jay Bond talking about this 11-race program at Melton tomorrow night. And this is another wily contest. You think free-for-all, easy-peasy Japanese. We've seen these horses before, but we've got a couple of resuming. Good choice. 
well supported now over to $3.40. A shock to me, I've got to say. Max Delight, a grand circuit winner. Also resuming at $4.40. Cranbourne back on Victorian soil seems under the odds to me based on recent performances. My Love's Mare, Traella's there. I think they can go forward. And Cade Bailey, the comeback kid. Um, I'm going with hard fitness. You've talked me into this over the time, I think. <laughs> and fitness fitness uh, these days accounts uh, for plenty, doesn't it? I wrote the analogy, you know, um, August, early September in the thoroughbreds, when you get those moments where you've got the winter warriors that are still kicking around and the class runners returning. Well, this looks a little bit like that, doesn't it? Where you've got to pick your poison. And I've just seen it too many times in recent times that fitness and racing will win the day. But the punters don't agree. They're with Seb's choice. Who are you with, Mr. Mulligan? Yeah, look, I'm with the the race fit. I've tipped Code Bailey and, and Shayella. Um, you only have to look at the early fluctuations to see what a mishmash it was and the turnaround with horses that particularly, you know, a Cranbourne and a Max Delight, they look like they're right out of the gate. The prices have almost halved already. Shayella opened 16. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, Code Bailey is also trimmed up. Seb's Choice has obviously got the good gate. He has firm, but he is f- um, first up from a spell. Um, I've explained myself many times, particularly at a at a higher, well, metropolitan level, I'm, and I'll almost always go with a, with a race fit horse. Case in point was last week with Shyella over in Cypher. Um, you would think in Cypher, if they met 100 times, uh, in Cypher would win 99 times. The only time she wouldn't would be first up if she drew outside Shyella. That's not to take anything away from Shayella because she's flying and she can find the top here. Uh, Code Bailey, um, he can have further improvement from that last start performance. Uh, he was really good there. I was taken by the way he found the line. He still wants to be a racehorse. A very uplifting story to get him back to the track, but he's a really good horse and he might just have that slight advantage by having had those couple of runs back from a break now. Nine Code Bailey, four Shayella, so the two race fit horses. And then... Um, Max Delight and and Cranbourne. I mean, they're both good horses. Max Delight's first up. He's a good sit sprinter. He might only have to make his run from the 400 and it might suit him and give him a chance first up. Cranbourne's more likely to have to make his own luck. Uh, I actually didn't have Seb's choice in the top four. Naturally, when you see a, a $5 in the 340, you think I've made a bit of a blue here because he's going to get the right run, isn't he? He'll probably end up with the run of the race, uh, I suspect, if Shayla did cross. But it is over the 1,720 metres, and a lot of confidence, if it matches the support, might be that they're happy to try to lead with Seb's choice. So it's an intriguing race, but I'll stick with uh, Code Bailey, 9 from 4, 5 and 7. This is getting a bit ridiculous. My top two tips are Code Bailey and Shayla. Such a tough meeting. Um, but it's good, it's good, concurrence, um, confidence for the punters. Code Bailey, I just, I don't know what's going to, I really don't know what's going to happen at the start here. I do think the money for Seb's choice indicates that they're going to attempt to lead Zach Phillips, Bulldog Nicholson. I originally thought that Shayla would cross, but now Shayla goes forward, Max Light goes forward, Cranbourne potentially goes forward. Even if there's not a stack of pressure, Code Bailey's just sitting in behind, and he did show second up from a break when driven cold, but that is going to be something, I think, as he moves his way to, towards 100% fitness, and he's very close. The team have done an incredible job. But that's going to be a pattern of racing that he very much enjoys. Um, so I've got him on top. Shayella, I still think he's over the 750 let alone the $16. She is flying. And because I love her so much, I, I'm going to say in Cypher would beat her 86 times to 14, not 99 to 1. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry. I've got him concerned on the basis that Seb's choice does try and lead, as the market indicates, that Tango Tara. I think Tango Tara would run past Seb's choice if he tried to lead. Yeah. So, yeah. Good point. Yeah. To me, that's, it's not a hard decision because head to head, I think the Tango Tara will run past Seb's choice regardless. Who I think is massive unders. And Max Delight goes in for fourth. But really, I think we're both primarily playing around. The numbers uh, nine and four, but better to avoid disappointment. Um, gamble responsibly, but better to avoid disappointment because some of those prices are gone. We'll get through one more race before a break here. The sixth event on the card, and there was one that opened at uh, $12 here in Sassiola, who I think has got a very good chance. Beach Life has trialled well for her return. She's a, she's got a cast, and she's then, but there's no doubt she's got all the ability in the world. 
And the black booker, the next perspective black booker first up from the break, was It's Ebony and Ivory, who I can't mm. believe is eight dollars fifty. So I'm I'm thinking second row class bonus here, I think Blood Moon probably leads. Uh Sassiola behind the leader, but I think the class runners will probably uh, will probably get the job done. So on with 10 and 9 primarily, but one's a lot better odds than the other, Dan. Look, I I went for It's Ebony and Ivory as well. I thought it was going to be a challenge for Beach Live first up. Um, it's not too short, though. Um, but It's Ebony and Ivory's run first up from a spell was, was good um, and can improve very quickly on that. Uh, and that was uh, in a blanketed finish in pretty good time as well. Um, look... I'm expecting it's Ebony and Ivory to, to end up in a decent enough position. It could be three back the outside, maybe with a move. It could be four back, but follow something the last 400, finish off its race and be a really good each-way chance. bit better odds than I'd anticipated as well. It's $8.50 at the moment, but nine, it's Ebony and Ivory. We're, we've seen her compete at a pretty good level against really good quality uh, mares, and even if you consider her just below that, that top bracket, um, here she is uh, getting beaten half a metre by Tough Tilly, last preparation in a group three race so it's got to stand up in in this sort of affair so i'm happy to have her on top number nine it's ebony and ivory uh you mentioned sassiola uh, a bit of a tease but gets a good gate i've been fantastic horse for connections won 19 races placed in another 48 and gets a good gate so sassiola can absolutely figure it in the money here beach life number 10 and uh, and i put in blood moon as well number three but have to mention kenny's butterfly who's absolutely flying uh, and even she's a hovercraft and is an interesting runner that could improve but i was keen each way i'm actually keener now that i've seen the eight dollars fifty each way that is though um because i'd anticipated she probably would have been four dollars fifty so that might be a bit of value in in it's ebony and ivory um it's not always uh black and white is it there's a lot of gray but this time it's ebony and ivory at 850 uh to me it is it's black and white nine one ten and three <laughs> yeah, well, i think it is i think it is well the, the colors that looks actually uh black and green for uh it's ebony and ivory but uh yeah, I'm, I'm shocked by the price it couldn't have that first up run was perfect the first up run as you can imagine draws nicely here Kenny's Butterfly is an interesting one for another reason. Dan, do you remember, was it the Vic Brett Series final where she absolutely flew the gate? I don't think they'll do it here, but she's got really good, very good gates but if they want to use it. And that, that could be interesting. That would even further benefit Itebony and Ivory. But either way, Itebony and Ivory is going to settle in a nice midfield role, I would have thought, regardless. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. going well, isn't she? But she has been for a while. Um uh, I think I think you're right. It was that race, wasn't it? She drew really wide and come out the gate. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. You're right. Celestial Fragrance, I came out and beat out uh, Doug's babe, who was drawn inside. He's a very quick beginner, and Celestial Fragrance was the only one that was quicker. So they don't often use it, but it's definitely there if, if they mm. want to use it. Uh, I'm sticking with Beach Life on top for the purposes of the tips, but I'm with you, Dan. It's Ebony and Ivory. Is the uh, is a better value? Sassiola goes in. I sometimes can't tell the difference. Sassiola and so what could be standing next door to each other, and I'm not sure I could tell who it would be. But Sassiola goes in for third, and for fourth, I've got Blood Moon. I think Blood Moon will probably lead and probably just get overrun by classier runners in the concluding stages. Shout out to Tim McGuigan, who's obviously not going through the easiest time at the moment, and Sundarby, who's making full time return to uh, to harness racing, which is wonderful. Time for a break. Many more races still to come Friday. Fourth battle, SEN track, the legend Dan Malecki, and also the battle of Jay Bond. We'll be back soon. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. We're more than halfway through the Friday Form Panel, Dan Malecki and Jay Bond, and I'll tell you what, been a bit of a love in. We've, uh, we've seen some markets that we don't love or we don't agree with and we have agreed with one another and I'm hoping it continues here because I think this market for race seven on the card is a bit of a dog's breakfast as well. Now, I've got a fair bit of time, a lot of time, everyone's got a lot of time for district attorney. But drawn wide from the front row, even money is wrong for me. I've actually made it third pick. Tell me if I'm wrong here, Dan. We've spoken about Super's Choice. Was LB2 Jane has had one run back, the stable mate. I think LB2 Jane's on ability is as good as Super's Choice. 
has the gate speed to hold up here, was superb first up from a break. And then you've got Lark Captain, who can uh, get a much softer run here, sitting right on the back of LB2 chains if that map works out. The only little fly in the ointment here is, of course, Mighty Flying Art returning to mm. Douglas. Um, claimed and then couldn't get within two of anything in Tasmania. The back here, do they immediately go back to the original tactics of um, running him off the gate? You wouldn't have thought so. So I'm thinking here... LB2 chains at $8 and Lark Captain at 13 both appeal. And the other one that's going to drop three poles, Finn Frost went as well as District Attorney and looks to be getting an easier run than he probably will here. Is this where we're going to break ranks or are we sticking together? No, look, I've found one at a bit of value, not not dissimilar to, to what you've talked about with District Attorney. He's a very good horse, but it's going to be hard work from seven. And, and look, he might uh, rightfully be the favourite, but $2 at that flip of the coin uh, price, that's it's not inviting. Um, I can make cases for a number of horses. You already mentioned Mighty Flying Art, and um, I think you're right there because on his best form, he'd be $3.20 second favourite, wouldn't he? Um, with the possibility of pressing forward because he was tough. Comes off some horrible form, but he also um, rejoins the Douglas Stables. So... Really don't know what to make of him. Probably can't afford to leave him out of your quaddies on a, on a night where it's going to be tough enough. Um, look, the horse I found was Cobber. I didn't think he had much luck first up. Um, uh, he, he, it was still a solid performance, but he, he gets off the gate all right. I thought he was, I thought he was a little chance of getting to the front. Uh, again, you mentioned flying the ointment, and you're probably right because LB2 Chains being second up might look to take cover. Now, Cobble would be a good horse to take cover behind, but um, Mighty Flying Art could be the horse that splits the two of them and either makes Cobble work harder or Mighty Flying Art may try to head off LB2 Chains. Generates a lot of speed in the race. Depends where District Attorney will be at that stage, whether he's trying to press on wide, get to a spot outside of the leader or drift back or try to slot in somewhere. So... Bellman, um, Mick Bellman, he, naturally he's got options, but all of them rely on just a little bit of luck working out. There's nothing said in concrete. It's not a horse I can see blazing across the front of the field and going to the front. Even if something similar to that happened, he'd have to work to get there. Uh, I thought Cobber was a chance of leading, but he didn't have to, to lead to win the race. Uh, LB2 Chains may well get the right run. I just thought he was driven cold like he needed the run last week, and I suspect he's going to need another run. It's just from barrier number one, he's got a better chance of winning, particularly uh, if he took cover. So that's why I thought maybe Cobber could work to the front. Uh, he's my top pick. Three from one, seven district attorney, and um, and then 10 Outlaw Man. And Finn Frost, I didn't want to leave out of the top four as well. So uh, you know it's a good race. It's a race of depth. When there's multiple horses in that race, you either follow, rate highly, or know that they're ready to win. And we can't fit them into our top four, or I can't in this case. So I've tipped three, one, seven, and 10. Yeah, well, wait to the next race. <laughs> I, think I've got a top, I think I've got a top 12 in the next race. Um, <laughs> I'm including eight and forty in, the, in the, the final leg, but I've got five in the quarter here, and I've left Cobber out. But now you're, you're tipping it, I'm throwing it in, so there'll be six in my quarter now. Um, Cobber's trial in the lead up, the first up run was excellent. Um, it's funny, it's funny our um, daring opinions here. You seem to think that LB two chains is probably going to be best sort of third up from a break. I kind of felt that way about Cobber. If he does find the front, different story. Um, those three race interviews, I'll be on track for Prop Vision uh, tomorrow night. I don't believe you will be, Dan, uh, but I will certainly be asking the question of Gerald Douglas, are we going, are we running him off the gate? Because I'll tell you one thing for sure and certain, if they run Mighty Flying Out off the gate and they want to lead, they'll lead. He, he's very quick. He's quicker than anything off the front row. Um, but I think, I'm just not sure it will happen. So I'm going with eight, like Captain, who came a long way in a short time, and I Really, the two runs back have been totally inconclusive. Went around in a very good race last time out. Was flown off the gate. Um, didn't do much work. If he can just sit in behind LB2 Chains here, uh, I think he can potentially run on by. I think $13 is huge God. Same for LB2 Chains. District Attorney, I hate asking you this question, Dan, but if you're driving District Attorney from out there, what do you do at the start? You probably uh, have a look because you're on outside of everything else. 
you know, Bellman's got to make up his mind because Ors gets out okay. I mean, it's not necessarily a field of brilliant uh, beginners, but he's got good gate speed. The confidence of whether he could hustle his way to the front, is that a possibility? It could be with the right horse. It could be if it was LB2 chains that held up early and then looked for cover. I would have thought, or even if Cobber led, um, both of those horses could be prone to taking a trail, and if he did, the right horse would be district attorney. But, of course, the flip side of that is, um, if they're confident and get a comfortable lead on either of the two horses I mentioned, district attorney is then obliged to sit without cover. But if that also happened, is there a horse that'll go around the outside to sit parked? Could that be Outlaw Man? If it is, district attorney could end up in a good spot. So I'd think Michael Bellman would be more likely to um, come out of the gate without... Uh, putting, you know, everything into plan A, um, but he'll just very quickly... I think he's got an adaptable horse. That, this is where uh, Mick has got uh, a good opportunity of uh, having multiple plans that can pay off because I think this horse is very adaptable. I, I, I wouldn't think that he would fire up too much out of the gate, um, but, of course, if he's trapped three wide going into the first turn and they're going hard, he's probably going to have to go all the way back to last. So... It's critical, isn't it? Even a half a length. If you begin too well, sometimes you could be have your neck in front at the post the first time, but four deep and not be able to get in. Um, that might be planned. Is that a, a realistic one? If he went forward, didn't get to the front, could end up 1-1 one, one by the mile? It's po- I think it's possible. I think that's likely. He's he seems to be a, a real confidence horse at this stage of his career. Likes following a helmet, sprinting late. We saw that last start. If he gets caught breezing, I don't think he can win. Um, and then they didn't go into the mindset of the other drivers. If they see District Attorney in the breeze, that little man would be the one, no doubt about it. I would imagine. But then just take that say, well, am I going to go around and afford? Uh, maybe the most gifted horse in the race, cover at this point. So, uh, look, I just think it's a wonderful race to bet into because when you've got a horse at $2 that um, I think needs a lot of luck to win, this is how I'd be playing. My numbers are 8, 1, 7 and 9, but I'd be having $20 a win on LB2 chains and by captain and $5 a win on Finn Frost and Outlaw Man. And you literally can't go wrong. Well, you can go wrong, Dan, and how you go wrong is if one of the other horses wins. But it'll be interesting to see even tomorrow if there's a little move for Mighty Flying Art because both you and I had um, quite unusual love affairs. I found Mighty Flying Art at massive odds um, one night, and in the period that he was flying, boy, he was flying. Mm. So, I mean... I think both of us are going to be tempted. It's not in my quality. Actually, it's a field It's a field league now. Um, we'll have a quick squeeze at the eighth place in the car, the final leg of the quarter, before we go and find out what's happening in the world one more time. Now, do you know anything about where Sweet Passion is at first up from a break? Because most interesting one, a lot of ability, a lot of gate speed, uh, mark, no trial, 15 to $4.80. Um, we often talk about this. No trial can mean uh, we weren't quite ready and we're going to use the first up run as a bit of a trial, and no trial can also mean we're absolutely flying at home and we're not letting you know. Yeah, interesting. You just think that that price was wrong. It won't be the only one on that program we could identify that was wrong. But you know, it might have been wrong in our eyes, but we could have marked something that was at the wrong price that you know others would see as uh, giant unders or, or, or giant overs as well. Um, you know, we had a little chat before about being first up and uh, Sweet Passion hasn't raced for a couple of months. Would need to get to the pegs ahead of Aussie Playboy. If that's doable, it opens up the options. Um, can you see Sweet Passion getting to the pegs? Because it's not a $15 shot if it gets to the pegs. Um, and maybe 480 is the right price. I think the, I think the tougher question, I think it can definitely get to the pegs. But the tougher question then becomes, because Aussie Playboy... Can be run off the gate, but he's less likely to be run off the gate over a middle trip than a sprint trip. But then I don't think Sweet Passion would hold the front. So who do you hand up to? Is it Red Hot Assassin? Is it just Roll Your Own? 
who do you hand up to? Because I, I couldn't see Sweet Passion trying to lead all the way. Mm, no, I'm with you. I think she'd be better placed um, taking a trail, leading out and taking a trail. So who's going to be the first one there? Something that you're going to respect. Could it be Red Hot Assassin in good form? It's Red Hot Assassin. That's what I came up with. Yeah, uh, Platinum Stride, I, I wouldn't think. I thought he went all right first up, Platinum Stride, but he mightn't be able to do that. Just roll your own is not, you know, he could work his way forward. He might be the obvious one, but I don't think he's going to just get there straight away. He, he'll have to work a bit. Um, what did you say? Gets that okay? But again, he's going to have to toil to get past Just Roll Your Own. I can't see Just Roll Your Own going back. Why would you? Front row draw. You're going to slot into a prominent spot. So I'd say Red Hot Assassin and Just Roll Your Own were the main two. Um, if Red Hot Assassin did lead, could it uh, take a trail behind Just Roll Your Own? So uh, Sweet Passion's on a $4.80 chance then. Um, but you can see her ending up in a good spot, and I understand why. What looks like there's money for her, but I think she was just um, she was overlooked in that early market more so. Gee, it's a it, it's a it's a good race. It's a hard race. Just a little sips my tip here. The eight, the horses on the back row, um, and again, what happens early, whether or not whether or not they generate enough tempo to really advantage the horses from the back. That's the other thing also. Uh, but just a little sip is going to have to get off the pegs, might have to go around them, do it tough. And, you know, wh what do you make of Kafaji? I mean, first up, he was just too bad to be true, wasn't it? You, you just have to put a pen through it because he was bad. He he's never been that bad, I don't think. So I couldn't tip him with confidence, but I can't leave him out either. Um, my tips here, eight, just a little sip, 12, Kafaji, five, just roll your own. And uh, I've thrown in Mirakuru as well because I saw him at $26 and thought he was over the odds um, but might need that pace in the race generated early. Intriguing race. I feel like, again, another race where a horse in the market I've left out in sweet passion. I've gone 12, 2, 5 and 3. So let me explain. I am with Kafaji, but I won't be backing him. I've got him at $4. He is $4. Uh, after what you saw first up in the break, I don't think, in, in, unless Emma Stewart and Clayton Donkin specifically um, sidled up and whispered in your ear, he's 100% right to go forget last start, uh, you couldn't back him. So, I mean, this is, this, I think this is the toughest race in the card. As mentioned, 12, 2, 5, and 3 my numbers, but the ones I want to back, Mirakuru, yes. For our mate Steve Clee, who does a great job in Trot's Vision as well. Like, I know it's been a little while since he raced, and that means. That's never a good thing, particularly for a horse like Mirakuru, who struggles to get a campaign rolling. But he was really good last start. $26 is ridiculous. Shorty's mate maybe is uh, going a shade below what he can, but he's $51.09 for crying out softly. Uh, <laughs> I'd be backing both of those each way. And probably just small. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'd be getting heavily involved. I'd be playing wide in the quarter and hoping for a little bit of value. But... Um, yeah, the speed map's going to be interesting. But what we do hope for those second-line runners, just a little sip, um, Shorty's mate Mirakuru the lot, is for there to be some genuine tempo. For Sweet Passion to have a crack early, maybe Aussie Playboy kick up, Red Hot Assassin and Just Roll Your Own, fight for the front between them. So that's what we want in the final leg of the quality race. So we've got three more races to go. We'll go to the news. You're listening to the Friday Four Panel on SEN Track with Dan Malecki and Jay Bond back in a minute. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. It has been very, very instructive, I think, because Dan and I in some very strange markets here, and I thought we... I was hoping we wouldn't disagree, Dan. I was hoping we wouldn't because I was already partially confused. You found yourself <laughs> with a race with just a question mark there. So if we, were, if we vehemently opposed one another, I don't know if we would have had a bet tomorrow night, but you make me more confident and hopefully I'll do the same for you. Oh, look, sometimes you need that little backup, don't you? Just looking at the race the right way and particularly when you're trying to find either something at a bit of value or want to take on a horse that uh, you see is under the odds. And, and there's the cross-section of that right through the night and uh, just the make-up of those races allow it to happen there'll be a lot of market movers and, and no doubt uh, even more so through the course of tomorrow night while you're on track you'll be able to identify that because any potential um 
driver, um, whether it's a, a map, you know, on the front of the field, uh, going back, whatever, they'll have a huge um, uh, influence on the on the price in the market tomorrow night. So I think it's one of those nights we'll probably see more market moves than we've seen for a long time across the uh, the whole program. Rapidly go through these. So, um, race one, I don't know. Race two, I don't know. Race three, um, Aaron Dunn's confidence with Cliffhanger will be very interesting for me. Race four, whether Winegum's going to try and cross ghost of time, whether Harani's going to go forward. I'm getting my questions ready in my mind here. Um, Seb's choice, Zach Phillips, uh, I'll get that out of him. He'll, he'll try and give me a flat answer and I'll, uh, I'll work through it. Are you leading, Shayella? Are you going to press the issue? Max to live. You go forward. What's happening with Cran? But race six, Timmy's Butterfly. Are you going to have a, char- a crack at running the gate? Um, Sassiola. Um, Blood Moon. Are you desperate to lead? Then you go to LB2 chains. That's a really critical one. Mm. Butterfly, Mark Cobb. I've got to get around to as many as I can there. And then, uh, and then race eight, Aussie Playboy, Sweet Passion. It, it is amazing. The, the access we get... He's just phenomenal, and their, their responses and, and questions, the questions you can ask and the responses you can get have the capacity to completely flip your mindset, which I don't think you could say about any other sport or any other racing game, could you? No, no, not, not at all. And I think a lot of them, too, have respect for others' opinions to, to include into the repertoire or, or the possibility of those multiple options and be prepared for the unexpected as well. And um, uh, that's just one of those nights. There's a lot of uh, different form lines as well, which, look, it might be a really entertaining night. Um, and as we said at the top of the show, a night to I try to identify value. Just because you identify it doesn't mean you're going to get... You find those winners, but it might be the night that you can get that value. Um, we've picked out a few already, so I'm, I'm sure everyone would have their own favourites on tomorrow night's program, and they're not hard to come by. There's some races, there's three or four horses I'd want to have a back, which sort of compromises the way that you go about your betting because you probably can't back all four of them, or if you do, you're narrowing down the potential to make a profit. Um, so that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> just means you've got to go wider and take less percentages in your exotic bets. I'm happy to do that, to be honest. Particularly in that a race like uh, the seventh with District Attorney, I'll be happy to uh, back four runners for varying amounts. Now, the high gain Melton Trotter three for all is the anti-penultimate race in the program. Here's the question: Is it a match race or is it a race in one? I've got to go with a reliable horse and Queen Elida. If he knew Ultimate Stride would do everything right, and this, look, he looked like he was going to win coming to the home turn the other night, but he, he made a similar mistake in one of his trials as well. So of the two, um, you're going to put your faith in a Queen Elida, but Ultimate Stride, um, he, he's in the zone, the stable's flying. The, the horse I'm interested in here that um, I'd be forgiving certainly of last start is Credit Master from that much better gate. It'd be interesting to see what Matt Craven is able to do with Credit Master. And he could be the, you know, we mentioned the fly in the ointment. That fly is going to have a busy night potentially. Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying Credit Master will be up there dueling for the early lead, but maybe not get exposed, sit without cover or have to get too far back. So I, I wouldn't overlook Credit Master, but I'm going Queen Elida. Better the Queen, you know, um, from Ultimate Stride, Credit Master, 5-3-2. Thing is with Ultimate Stride, if you do think he is a little unreliable, well, that's where you're going to get your value through your exotic plays here. And I think Credit Master would then be the right horse to run either second or third. So five from three, two, and one. I've run five, three, one, and two. Um, heartbreak even hearing you recall... Ultimate stride first up from a break after one of the more phenomenal trials you'll ever see. Uh, that was my last bit of the night, obviously in the last race of the night, and uh, gamble responsibly at their people. But um, I was counting the cash, absolutely counting it. It's been a tough night, but I've bounced back and made a handy profit, and then it all went pear-shaped late. Um, and you just thought to yourself, well, I'll, I'll be on him in any race next start, and then he turns up against Queen Elida. I think Queen Elida. I think... Uh, Queen Elida, when she's on song, is or at least will be as good as any trotter in the land. I know she was a little bit behind Just Believe, who gets the invitation to the elite lot, but I think um, uh, Brent Lilly's been pretty open about the fact that there are a few runs there where she wasn't 100%. 
when she is 100%, she's devastating to watch. Devastating to watch. Probably well, my favourite trotter to watch in, in, in this country. So, Queen Lauder on top of Ultimate Stride. Uh, I'll throw it in there for you, Sunoco, just out of Credit Master. But I do take your point. Credit Master could easily lob 1-1 one, one here. Ultimate Strider, they can kick up and lead. Queen of Lighter outside the leader. Um, both working each other over. Leaves an, a small and a little slither of an opportunity for Nephew of Sunoco and also Credit Master. Five, three, one and two for me. We might take another break now, come back. Cover off races 10 and 11 and then we'll get our best in multis. I don't know how we're going to... So we're going to construct or fathom a multi here on this program, but Ben and I, Warriors, will do our very best. Friday, four battle, let's get track back very soon. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. We're going to the Friday Form Panel and then we'll get the best bits and the multi-culture. Now, whenever we have the Country Clubs Championship final on the same program, we have the EK Bray Country Clubs Pace final. Dan talked about those country horses coming to town. Well, not all of them are country horses. I've got to tell you, I'll be very interested in your thoughts here, Dan. Non-pareal, open $3.70, which I thought was insane. And I still think there's something slightly straight-jacketish about it being $2.90. I thought it was an absolutely clear in a way... Sometimes you have the age-restricted horses who go through the good races and they show that they're not far from the mark and then they get into old race company and very quickly they're found out. Well, Nonpareil's only had one run this season as a four-year-old mare and uh, was absolutely freakishly dominant in the head of this series. I'm clearly in her camp. Are we simpatico here or not? Yep, we're joined at the hip. We are... <laughs> Uh, absolutely, not just on the same page, we're on the same letter of the same line, um, of the same book, uh, in the same series of books. Um, totally, totally agree with you, mate. A terrific win first up, always looked a nice filly. Even last prep, she mightn't have won, but she ran second to Encipher, fourth to Petiont, um in a fo- Group 1 final behind Amore Vita. I mean, that's really good form. And, and the way she returned, um, she's a little bit better. Uh, either that or just highlights how good those fillies now mares that she'd been chasing. I agree with you. I, I, she stood out to me. I was a little surprised when I saw her that price. I thought she might be just too short to make her a best bet. But look, it's not a bad race, though. To be fair, a horse like Let's Go Bro, who's only lightly raced and has built up a terrific record, one narrow defeat in, in five starts, Remove Valley, I think we can respect. Top Gun Ted's going really well. Prince Ahara's got a lot of ability. And um, he can make cases definitely for Franco Novelist, another horse with uh, a lot of potential, lightly rates. And even Springfield Affair, he's been around for a while, but I doubt he's ever been going better. Um, but I think Non Pareil uh, is the one that stood out to me. So 10 on top, I've made her the best of the night. Didn't mean to steal your thunder, but I, I think you don't mind sharing this thunder. Two, let's go, bro. 11, uh, Springfield Affair and 13, Franco Novelist. Again, a few other horses that I could easily put into the top four because I think this will be a really good form race, Jase. 10, 2, 11 and 13. There's no doubt about it. They target races like these, don't they? A little bit like the Margo and Associates back in the day during the Mildura Carnival. It's a 55 to 65 rater, but that's, that's not what it is. Non-Pareil, though, is... It wouldn't shock... Non-Pareil the daughter of Arms of an Angel. And I just can't help but think that there's every chance she'll be going around in Queen of the Pacifics and um, outstanding mares races going forward. She's got a lot of ability. There were a couple of runs during that patch against Encipher and Petion. I think it might have been a heat of the uh, Big Bread Super Series where you just thought to yourself, you're, you're actually pretty close to the best. Mm. Uh, and then she's turned up and Frank that I'd be just gobbling up the $2.90. Don't worry about missing the 370 because the 290 is still well over the odds. And if you want to take trifectas on top of that, I'm with you, Dan. You, you, you can play seven or eight of them. I, I settled on Franco Novelist for second. Let's go Bray for third and remove Valley for fourth. But um, I could make a case for plenty of others, including even Bet on the Tiger down there at $34, who uh, was an emergency but got a run. Final event on the card, another six furlong dash. This is a most difficult race. A most difficult... I think, I think one of the early races was the hardest race in the card. I, I might check myself before I wreck myself here. This is this is bordering on impossible, Dan. 
It is. It's very hard. Um, Foolish pleasure I put on top the nine. I just think it's the right race for him. Whether it's the right race shape, I'm not sure of. But um, I, 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 in a way, I'm looking at the race and then I'm trying to uh, pretend it's not a 1,200-metre race and how I'd look at it if it was 1,700. Um, and you can have a different perspective on depending on what distance it is. Remembering again that all horses will start across the front line, so obviously the emergency doesn't get a run, but um, Foolish pleasure will end up on the outside of that front line. Look, James Herbertson might be able to make use of his barrier draw because I wouldn't say it's a fast line, uh, Jace. So I'd say more likely he could go forward. Tough race. Look, tough race. Nine foolish pleasure, eight ultimate force, seven Mustang, and four believe in forever. But I could easily have missed the winner there. In fact, I haven't even got the favourite or the second favourite in my top four. We're in uh, it's a completely different order, but... It's a thousand to one. We'd have the same top four. A thousand to one. Seven, four, eight, and nine for me. Um, I thought the Mustang could go forward, and I'm just looking at who I believe are the class runners. Seven, eight, nine. Foolish pleasure. You're right. Tried to cross just right on your own in a 1200 meter race recently. So why would you have a crack in this much easier field? This is weird. I've tipped the seven on top, but the one that I'll, I'll probably back if I'm if things are going very well. Well, very poorly. Gamble responsibly. He's believing forever each way. I don't think it'll get involved early, but in a race like this, a lot of, they're all going to think they've got a hope, and this might be a really, really entertaining six long race where everyone tries to get up into the action and they uh, they take off a long way from home and they never stop running, and that would suit number four, believing forever. But I've settled on seven, four, eight, and nine. Same top four, different order. As the great Dan Malecki, time for a break. We'll come back with our best bets. I think we, we know one of them. It's going to be non real And also the multi-culture. That's going to be a little bit harder. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. You're the best. Here are the panel's best. As we said before, but then I digress. Um, best bets. I'm only going to come up with two before we get to multiculture, and I'll, I'll play a little bit trickier there, but I'm going to go Toad Bailey and Non Peril as my two best bets in the program. One of them you will definitely have, and you might have the other one as well, Dan. What are your bets? Oh, look, Non Peril's my best bet. I, I, it was the only one I could narrow down. I actually, like you, think she's value at that price, $2.90-odd. Um, I almost put Code Bailey in. If he was just that slightly longer price, I would pick him as an each-way special. Uh, so I'll stick with just the one best bet in non pareil But I've got a few that I want to include in an all-up, um, which I think are the, my best each-ways and best value plays for the night. All right. Well, that next thing please, Link. A little bit of multiculture. It's time for Multiculture. All right, you have the appetite, Dan Malecki. I want you to go first, please. Right, well, race one, I'm talking each way, so if we're taking a, a, a parlay, uh, I've picked out three horses, all at a bit of value. Um, they're all my uh, each way uh, best bets. So race one, number five, don't touch the Duco. Then across to uh, It's Ebony and Ivory, which is race six, number nine. And race seven, number three, Cobber. So perhaps each way parlay or even all up the place. But they're all worth having something on each way. Race one, number five, don't touch the Duco. Race six, number nine, it's Ebony and Ivory. Race seven, number three, Cobber. All right, I'm going to have a little four-legger here. So I'm going to start with one of yours that we agree upon. Place only race six, number nine, it's Ebony and Ivory. Place only race seven, number one, LB2 change. If you want to go Hog Wild, you can have a separate one with them both to win, but this is my multi. Um, you do, you all do, mate. Place on it, you in Ivory. Place on LB2 change, win Queen Elida, win Non Pareil. Sounds okay, I reckon, Dan. Sounds good, although non is going to end up carrying a little bit of weight um, there, but uh, rightfully so. If you've got the $2.90 and the All Ups alive, well, you know, you'd probably be able to afford to save on one or two others in the race, eh? Yeah, 
Yeah, with about two minutes to go, we've got a couple of... I can't believe I'm saying this after it took us 24 years to get one going. We've got a couple of spot races going tonight, Dad. Yeah, incredible. And look, it's something harness racing need to promote more. The first million dollar race that harness racing had was the 2000 Into Dominion won by Shaker Maker. Since then, there was another million dollar uh, Into Dominion in, in Tassie. There's been million dollar New Zealand Cups, not many of them though, and of course the Miracle Mile. And that's it for a long time. Tonight, we've got two races worth $1 million in harness racing. That's worth celebrating. There'll be the Eureka at 2.1 million a little bit later on in the year. If that's the way to go with the slot races to get this bigger profile, I think anything now under a million for a big race is just not going to be accepted. Um, and I think it's great. Um, they're about five hours apart, so uh, you'll have to uh, stretch out your beers tonight. But it'll be a lot of uh, enjoyment watching those, uh, those horses. They're quality fields at both venues. You, you were at one point absolutely diseased for a magnificent storm. I'm guessing you'll be tipping it. Yeah, I have to, absolutely. Um, I think he's a really good horse. He's a showy horse. I think he'll lead. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how much pressure he gets in the early part. It's over the staying trip as well, but absolutely, I couldn't tip against Magnificent Storm. And best of luck to Lara J. Farm over in the race by Grimm. But I'd like to see Old Town Road win a good race night. I'll be tipping it in the uh, in the race by Grimm. Have you got any thoughts there? Oh, look, I still thought self-assured was good odds, but uh, copy that and, and uh, Old Town Road are clearly going to be the hardest to beat. And Nakuda, I wouldn't leave it out. It's, it's a good horse. I can't wait to see him come to Australia soon. Well, I think they're going to play that hard out music in a moment. It's been great chatting with you, Dan. We had a little rickety start, but I tell you what, ever since then, it's been just a beautiful love, and I very much appreciate it, because now I'm much more confident about betting tomorrow night. Thanks, mate. Brothers in arms. Have a great night, mate. That's us for today. Uh, if anyone's done one of us doing that day, go stick to the station. God bless and enjoy the time.